If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to be with you today. And as usual, let's start out with some car news. Um, Starting in 2021, I guess, but really a little bit later this year and probably next year is uh, probably what they're going to do. Volkswagen electric brand electric cars that are based on its MEB platform, which would be here in the United States, the uh, ID4 SUV, um, may get uh, bi-directional charging, according to a report in a German business publication. Several automakers have discussed uh, bi-directional charging, which allows cars to discharge power from their battery packs for several years, uh, incl- usually in this context of, um, of vehicle-to-grid systems that integrate EVs with power grid or as a backup power source for homes during power outages. This was talked about a lot during the latest uh, storms and power outages in Texas that uh, really caused huge problems there. Uh, And people were saying, well, if I have an electric car, shouldn't I be able to use the battery? And the answer is, yeah, maybe you should be able to. But um, Tesla had tried this figure, uh, this feature on its Roadster. Now, they didn't sell that many Roadsters, and this was many years ago, and people really didn't understand V2G, uh, vehicle-to-grid technology so much. But according to Elon Musk, no one used it, and that's why Tesla hasn't offered this feature. It'll be interesting interesting to see if it will be offered uh, on other EVs. We you know the Nissan Leaf is capable of doing it. Uh, I believe Lucid Motors also said that its car will be uh, uh, capable of bi-directional charging. So it's interesting. I would like the fig feature. I mean, I'd like to be able to think that, you know, if uh, power goes out of my house, I could use the battery of the car. But you need to have an inverter to get the, you know, from, you know, the, the battery is a DC uh, system and your house of course is ac so you'd need something to be able to get it back to uh, ac to charge the ha- you know to let the house have lights so we'll see where this goes i think it's always an interesting idea to, to have this all connected have you tried to rent a car lately see last year after the bankruptcy of hertz yeah, and and many fleets, you know, liquidated their their cars because there was like zero demand all of a sudden, you know, when the pandemic hit and the lockdown hit, uh, you know, I remember seeing cars lined up everywhere around like the Palm Springs Airport that were just sitting there because there was nobody to rent them. They had these huge amounts of of cars that had been brought in for things like Coachella and uh, for just the season in Palm Springs. And wow, they just sat there being unused. So what happened is, you know, between the, you know, bankruptcy of rental car companies and uh, other companies just saying, well, we don't need a fleet that's anywhere near this big. They dumped a lot of those cars. So now what's happening is that particularly in warm, sunny areas like Southern California, uh, you know, Florida, South Florida, Palm Springs, uh, rental car companies at popular spring break and summer travel destinations are facing shortages of cars uh, while travelers face high fees. Uh, rental giants uh, have not recovered from the pandemic and, you know, they don't they're kind of shy. They don't really want to go uh, and uh 
you know, buy fleets, huge fleets again, uh, if it, it's not going to be used. So it's just, it's just you know, we're, so we've got a problem, we've got a shortage. And here's some scary numbers. Uh, a quick survey of rental car companies done by AutoWeek had revealed that daily fees for most, for the most like modest vehicles in high demand areas were exceeding $300 a day. That's a lot of money. So $300 a day. Wow. Um, and, uh, well, it, and it gets worse. And they saw fees as high as uh, uh, $500 in the Gulf Coast, uh, Southern California, Florida, and the Carolinas. $500. Florida has been especially affected uh, this month with few cars available at most airports. So if you were thinking you were going to rent a car, uh, most people probably didn't have a number like $500 uh, in their budget for you know just one day. Uh, our friends at Toyota are launching a new driver assist system on two electrified models, but they're taking a somewhat conservative approach uh, when compared to something like Tesla Autopilot. Toyota and Lexus Teammate, that's what they're going to call it, Teammate, will launch on, <clears throat> let's see, will launch on uh, two different cars. There'll be the Toyota Mirai fuel cell. And the Lexus uh, version will be uh, on the LS500H. So their big sedan, the hybrid version uh, of that uh, luxury sedan. Uh, both will have what they call advanced uh, drive features that allows low-level autonomous uh, uh, automation of um, acceleration, uh uh, braking, steering on limited access highways. And advanced park is uh, automated parking feature will be included as well. Uh, Lexus has confirmed that Teammate will be available in the U.S. on all-wheel drive versions, so the even more expensive versions of the LS500H this fall. But Toyota has not confirmed yet uh, when it's going to be available on the Mirai. Teammate uses a camera to monitor the driver, while um, a Lexus press, press release for the U.S. said the system would allow for partial hands-free, eyes-on-the-road operation. A release from Toyota's global uh, media site said drivers will have to hold the steering wheel during lane changes. Uh, the description makes Teammate sound like a very conservative approach uh, to something like uh, Tesla's Navigate on Autopilot, as well as even General Motors Super Cruise or Ford's Active Drive, now called, I think, Blue Drive Assist, all of which are marketed as allowing a greater degree of hands-free driving. So Toyota's taken that very conservative approach. <clears throat> Would you like some bargain options if you were buying a Rolls-Royce Ghost. I guess what happened is that, that uh, the, the, role, the new Rolls-Royce Ghost was given to a lot of the car magazines and websites to evaluate. And, and I guess a lot of them you know, focused on the price of some of the options on the car. Uh, so this is, by the way, the Ghost is the entry-level Rolls-Royce as opposed to the Phantom, which is the top-of-the-line Rolls-Royce. Um, you know the, the the hood ornament is called Spirit of Ecstasy, uh, and if you want uh, if you want it to glow, that's an extra forty eight hundred. Uh, how about those neat uh, Rolls Royce umbrellas that uh, tuck into the doors? Well, they're a bargain at sixteen hundred dollars each for the umbrella. Uh, wood picnic tables for the rear occupants are two thousand uh, dollars. 
uh, uh, table size touchscreen, so basically a large iPad, uh, can then emerge from the seat backs as part of the Ghost package. Now, the Ghost package is a bargain at $31,125. And from there, you can control the 18 speaker. 1300-watt bespoke audio system, which is only $10,000, $575 extra. Um, and then there's the immersive seating experience with power recliners and massagers for an extra $10,425. Ventilated rear seats are a bargain at $1,925. And of course, there's more if you just want to tick every box or you know have colors made for you specifically. But uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, is on a Rolls-Royce. And frankly, if you're buying a Rolls-Royce, you actually don't care about these numbers and it doesn't really matter to you how much they're charging for it uh, because obviously you think you can afford a Rolls-Royce so you can afford just about anything that goes with it. Uh, there are reports out that Nissan is planning a small electric crossover below the its new uh, Araya or Aria. I don't know how it's pronounced, A-R-I-Y-A. Uh, SUV, which we still don't have, and you know they've shown it, but it's still not here. It would be about the size of the European Juke or American Kicks. Uh, it would use a shortened version of the Aria's uh, CFM EV platform, according to the reports. The platform is also shared with Renault uh, and uh, Infiniti and Mitsubishi models. Uh, even though Nissan, the Nissan Leaf is aging, and not so well, I might add, Nissan says that the nameplate won't go away. So perhaps Nissan will attach the name Leaf to the smaller crossover. Don't know. But since everything is going to crossover, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Tesla is kicking in inattentive drivers off of its full self-driving beta testing program. Uh, back in March, Elon Musk tweeted that Tesla was expanding the uh, full self-driving beta to about 2,000 owners and that the company had revoked beta where, where drivers did not pay attention, a sufficient attention to the road. However, he noted that there had been no accidents to date. Uh, he disclosed that the next big update would come in April. Well, we're halfway through and we'll see that if that happens. There would be an option under the software tab on the uh, touchscreen for the owner to download a beta FSD. That way the updates only go to owners who want it. So how did Tesla know about the drivers were being in a, you know, not naughty and not paying attention? Uh, there is an in-cabin camera uh, for the uh, Model 3 and Model Y uh, that, uh, it, you know, looks at the driver. It's been inactive until recently. Uh, Tesla started using the in-car camera for driver attention monitoring. It's an additional way to combat misuse of autopilot, which is not intended to be hands-free and attention-free system. It's only level two autonomy for now, capable of accelerating, braking, and steering in certain closed environments such as freeways. A hacker gained access to the cabin camera footage and figured out what the uh, what aspects the computer is detecting for driver monitoring. It's mostly tracking head, eyes, and sunglasses. It's also trying to detect phone use, keeping a visual eye uh, tracking, uh, you know, out for drivers holding and looking at a phone, which is a common cause of distracted driving. Tesla is using AI to figure out these things. The system is getting, is still trickable, but uh, the machine is learning faster than uh, people can learn. So uh, I think probably in a few months, it'll be much smarter. 
Now, even though the 2021 Ford Bronco has yet to be delivered to customers, interest is so intense that over 100 dealers are going to open exclusive Bronco stores. So, you know, we'll just say Bronco on the store. So the escape-based Ford Bronco Sport has proved immensely popular. I see it all over the all over the town. Um, with the, And pre-orders for the full-size Bronco are through the roof. In addition, there is a never-ending list of options, and both Ford Bronco branded and other um, aftermarket parts that can be added to the Bronco uh, to customize it, and uh, dealers are looking to cash in big on this lucrative market. Ford CEO Jim Farley thinks there are uh, there's room for more sub-brands, okay? Uh, Mustang, obviously, they, 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 they've, you know, can, you know, eyed that as a sub-brand, but how about Raptor, which is what they have for their performance trucks, uh, pickup trucks? And then the Explorer has been a popular brand for almost 30 years now. So that, that's a possibility. So maybe that's what Ford is considering. If you're waiting for the base GMC Hummer EV uh, SUV, you've got a long wait. A very long wait till 2024, probably. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get back. But this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Brift Up on iHub Radio, and we will be right back. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As a leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. We were talking about some car news when we uh, left last left you, and I was talking about the base GMC Hummer EV SUV. Uh, the base price is $80,000. Now, it comes with a smaller battery and less range, and you need lots of options if you want to get anywhere near it. Uh, but uh, it's not going to show up until sometime late in 2023, 
as a 2024 model. So if you order it now, you've still got a pretty long wait for the base version. So um, if you're really attached to it, there's uh, probably going to be other options, but maybe if you're going to wait, it's a long wait. So autonomous electric shuttles uh, are slated to be built in Detroit, uh, will be on the streets of Dubai following an agreement between self-driving company Cruise LLC, which is primarily owned by General Motors, but there are other investors, and Dubai's Road and Transportation Authority. Uh, Dubai will be the first non-U.S. city for the launch of Cruise Origin. It kind of looks like a bread box. I mean, you know, it's just a, sort of like this square-looking van thing with rounded corners. Um, but it's a self-driving electric shuttle slated to be built in GM's Factory Zero uh, in suburban Detroit. Uh, the shuttle will ride on a skateboard platform similar, similar to the ones used for the GMC Hummer EV and the Chevy Silverado Electric. Uh, GM's Ultium batteries will power the cruise origin. The agreement, which extends through 2029, uh, enables crews to operate self-driving taxis and ride-hailing services in the U you know, UAE United Arab Emirates city. Uh, operations are scheduled to begin in 2023, according to the press release. Interesting to see how that will work out. Uh, Tesla raised prices on the Model 3 and Model Y again. Now they dropped it, then they raised it. Uh, but most versions are getting a $500 bump, while the Performance Model 3 got a $1,000 increase. I guess it's whatever the market will bear. And you have to remember that since Tesla doesn't have any dealers, they can't, uh, you know, the, they are the ones, you know, they're, they're selling directly to you. So if there's a higher demand, they can raise the price. And if there's not enough demand, they can lower the price or whatever it is they need to get more volume. Um, but sometimes they just lower it so that they can get higher volume because they're, they really want to get as many on the road as possible. Uh, Rivian will pay, which is the uh, startup uh, pickup truck uh, company, that electric pickup truck company that will uh, start selling um, this within like three or four months, right around summertime, so June or July. Um, they're going to uh, buy, we finally know that they're going to buy their battery cells from Samsung uh, SDI Company Limited. Uh, in a statement, Rivian said, uh, we're excited about the performance and reliability of Samsung SDI battery cells combined with our energy-dense module and pack design. So this is the first public discussion of Rivian's batteries partner. Uh, considering Rivian has plans on delivering you know, soon, it's kind of weird that we only learn about it now. But we, we know now. Uh, Tesla has decided to use its suite of cameras to detect rain and or snow and adjust the windshield wipers accordingly. Now, what is why? who cares about that? Because that makes sense, right? Uh, but every other manufacturer, including Tesla, uses a rain sensor to do the job. And um, <clears throat> the rain sensors work very well. But Tesla created a new deep rain neural net to handle the task. It was uh, rough at first, but clearly not as efficient as a traditional rain sensor system. But it has improved over the last few years to become more useful. Uh, now Elon Musk is teasing an important improvement to Tesla's um, 
uh, a computer vision capacity coming to the full self-driving beta update that promised for this month. Musk says that Tesla will move to a completely vision-based system and it won't rely on its radar systems uh, in the vehicles. He explained that when radar and vision disagree, in other words, when the, the computer, you know, the cameras and the radar see different things, uh, which do you believe? So vision has much more precision, he says, so better to double down on vision than to then um then do sensor fusion sensor fusion is a bitstream cameras and there's more bitstreams in a camera than there is in radar and they think that they'll be able to make the car see better than it will with radar well i hope it works better it's be interesting this uh it's todd bianco you're listening to all revved up on i have radio and we will be right back It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome back. Let's switch gears for a moment. Uh, I still have more news, but let's talk about, I thought this was a fun article, reliable used, uh, let's see, reliable used cars or ones that you want to avoid. So here's the one, here it is. Popular midsize sedans to avoid and what to buy instead. Okay. So yeah, we know that everybody's buying SUVs right now, but people are still buying, you know, still buying some sedans and they talk about one to avoid. And let's start with the Chevrolet Malibu. Now, does anybody buy the Chevrolet Malibu? I thought it was just for rental fleets because I almost never see a new Malibu driving around Southern California. I certainly don't see it very often, maybe once or twice at the airport, but that's about it. Um, but, uh, you know, they say that that uh, the Malibu is, um, you know, just not that great of a car. It has lots of little problems and, you know, the interior quality isn't that great and that there are better choices out there. So why do you want to skip it? So, so it's got the it's got the interior feels cheap. Uh, the um, mid-grade trim kind of looks awful you can opt for leather and it will you know sort of spiff it up just a bit but not that much cargo space is generous but the fold down rear seats don't leave much of a pass through for longer items and a lot of things like forward collision warning automatic emergency brace, braking and those kinds of things are optional um, reliability is below average thank you general motors uh, the car handles well but uh, and it has a turbocharged 1.5 and 2 liter engines available so better choice obviously our friends at toyota offer the camry and the camry is much higher rated than the malibu uh and uh you know it's hard it's hard to not like a camry when it comes to just a a pleasing reliable easy to use mid-sized sedan um 
It has comfortable ride, quiet, quiet cabin, good fuel economy, easy to use controls, handling is much better with the, than previous versions. Uh, the standard 2.5 liter four cylinder provides good power and gets an impressive 32 miles per gallon overall. All wheel drive makes the Toyota a great option in the snow belt, which is the first time they've offered it, by the way. Um, some demerits include that it's you know it's a little bit low, makes it a bit difficult to get inside and out for some people, and the rear seat is smaller than in some competition. Uh, standard active safety features do include forward collision warning and automatic emergency braking with pedestrian detection, but blind spot warning is optional. Uh, and under the radar, something that people keep forgetting even exists is the Nissan Altima, which is a perfectly serviceable good car, but and, and it was just recently re- redesigned, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, but, um, it, you know, it's uh, it's a good option. Says this, you know, it's a, it's a they, they say it's competitive. I just don't see people buying it. Uh, mid-sized design, you know, sedan delivers good room, fuel economy. It's very user-friendly. Uh, the driver experience, though, is bland, falling short on, you know, agility. So, um uh, but uh, you know the standard 2.5 liter four-cylinder engine provides a decent amount of acceleration. It returns a commendable 31 miles per gallon. All-wheel drive is available. Uh, it's quiet, roomy cabin. Uh, a bit too low for some for easy access, but it has standard uh, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay and active state active active safety features uh, like forward collision warning and emergency uh, automatic emergency braking is standard. So there there's a a good, you know, one that they say is under the radar. It used to be that the Nissan Altima was not under the radar. It was still very popular. Um, and then there's a, here's a popular midsize car to avoid. The Volvo the S90, the 2021 Volvo S90, which, you know, it starts between, you know, fifty one and $60,000. Um, it's uh, although it's it's beautiful inside. The S90 falls short of refinement expected on a mid-sized luxury sedan because of stiff ride and gruff-sounding engine noise. All of the available engine choices are four cylinders, uh, though the turbocharged one and the T6 pull strongly in acceleration numbers, but it falls short of it class expectations they got 23 miles per gallon on their tests the base version uses a 250 horsepower turbocharged four-cylinder engine all-wheel drive is available on the t6 and t8 plug-in hybrids uh handling is sound but ordinary i like the word ordinary uh ruby roomy cabin is gorgeous and and has uh, very supportive seats volvo has always made very good seats by the way uh and but the uh uh, iPad size touchscreen proved to be very frustrating. Uh, in addition, the impacts from the stiff ride punch through the cabin, which makes driving experience unpleasant. Ugh. Last of the last Volvo's reliability is well below average. Oh dear, uh, that didn't used to be that way. On the plus side, uh, the safety features like forward collision warning, automatic emergency braking uh, with pedestrian and large animal detection, oh boy, a moose, I guess, uh, and blind spot, blind spot warning are standard. Um, okay. Uh, I, I have to mention that Volvo is changing because everybody complained about their uh, the touchscreen in the center and it's going to an and. Android-based system on all their cars. They just started it uh, this year, and it's going to be it's going to filter down to all Volvos eventually. So, what's a better choice? And of course, we come up with another Toyota, which is well, it's a Lexus ES. Uh, 
you know, which is basically a Toyota Avalon all gussied up by, you know, in Lexus format. And why is it better? It's very comfortable and refined, has a, you know, very quiet demeanor. The high quality interior is lush and well put together. The V6 uh, and engine and eight-speed automatic form a strong powertrain with the prompt throttle, prompt throttle responses. Yeah, you say that. And a linear power delivery. Uh, they obtain 25 miles per hour per gallon overall in their tests and the hybrid powertrain got an impressive 42 miles per gallon overall uh, and it's all similar to they say to the toyota avalon obviously there's even a four-cylinder turbo version with standard all-wheel drive uh the they say that the es absorbs bumps very well uh body and the body stays composed handling is sound and secure but not sporty the cabin is quiet and luxurious and front seats are very comfortable however the touchpad controller for interacting uh uh, with the infotainment system is fussy. I've always hated it uh, and distracting. Active safety features are, uh, you know, like forward collision warning, automatic emergency braking, and uh, blind spot to, are, are standard, but blind spot warning is optional. And under the radar, they list the Chrysler 300, the 2021 Clark Chrysler 300. Now, this thing is kind of ancient as far as cars go, but, you know, it's, a, it's very refined. Uh, it's, you know, they've been polishing this turd for a long time. Uh, the Rumi 300 is one of the best large sedans on the market. When properly equipped, it feels like a true luxury car, even though it costs thousands less than the luxury brands, especially, you know, that, that you know, what they typically charge. So, <clears throat> Uh, so inside the buyers will find plenty of space for five adults along with comfortable seating and attractive trim the 5.7 liter v8 is punchy but thirsty at 20 miles per gallon but if you're getting the v8 you don't care uh, the 3.6 liter v6 which is available with all-wheel drive is plenty powerful you got a decent 22 miles per gallon overall in their tests both engines use a smooth eight-speed automatic that's done by zf the german company um the 300 is a you know stately ride. I like that stately. I guess that's not giving it you know, something stately ride. Responsive handling and a quiet cabin. Uh, the UConnect infotainment system is easy to use, and they like the electronic gear selector knob, which is a good alternative to the uh, convoluted buttons that other manufacturers are using. Um, Forward collision warning, automatic emergency bracing. Braking and blind spot warning are available, though they are all part of a costly option package. So there's some cars uh, to avoid getting, and there are some alternatives instead. So <laughs> I, I think it's a, these are these are you know good things from Consumer Reports. Let's go on to a little bit more news. The EPA has officially rated the Volkswagen ID4 uh, with a range of 260 miles, 10 better than the original estimate by Volkswagen of 250. Uh, this estimate is for the rear-wheel drive version that is on sale now in, now in the U.S. The all-wheel drive version will be somewhat lower as the dual-motor setup is, you know, eats more electrons. Uh, this beats the standard range model uh Tesla Model Y with EPA range estimates of 244 miles. Now that's the standard range plus Tesla Model Y. However, the Tesla is a dual motor drive, and Tesla offers the long range version, which of course, uh, the, the you know the the, the long range version is the one we just talked about with uh, Volkswagen, uh, but uh, they have a long range version Model Y with a battery about the same size as the ID4 with a 326 mile range, which blows uh, away Volkswagen, especially since it's all wheel drive. 
uh, Polestar, Volkswagen's, I'm mean, not Volkswagen, Volvo sub-brand uh, luxury and EV uh, nameplate, on Tuesday announced plans to expand its Polestar 2 lineup to include three variants, uh, one of which will be a new base model equipped with a single electric motor. The Polestar 2 compact sports sedan arrived on the scene last summer as a 2021 model, though only in a single launch edition model with dual motor all-wheel drive system and a steep starting price of 61200 which includes destination. Uh, the base model will deliver 231 horsepower from its single electric motor, most likely on the front axle, not on the rear axle as well as an estimated range of 260 miles, um, which is okay, I guess. The battery will be the same 78-kilowatt-hour unit as the one used in the Polestar uh, and other Polestar variants. Um, the mid-range model will have the same dual-motor all-wheel drive uh, system as the launch edition, um, meaning that there will be a peak of 408 horsepower thanks to a 204-horsepower motor at each axle. Uh, the EPA estimate for the launch edition is 233 miles, but the Pol but Polestar estimates that the new mid-range version will uh, be at 240 miles. It's not much of a difference, though. And if you want additional range, Polestar will offer a heat pump via uh, you know, an available uh, plus package. I just call it the plus package. Um, it's an upgrade that you can buy. The heat pump uh, uses ambient heat and res residual thermal energy from the powertrain to help warm the cabin, thus taking some of the load off the battery. Note, a heat pump is standard on both the Tesla Model Y and Model 3 now. And it's not like it's an option. Uh, other goodies in the Plus package include a full-length panoramic glass sunroof, which is standard on a Tesla, 13-speaker um, Harman Kardon audio system, which... An, uh, an upgraded audio system is also standard on a Tesla. Uh, heated windshield wiper blades. I don't think Tesla has that. Uh, heated front and rear seats, which Tesla has, uh, plus memory function function for the front seats, which Tesla has. Uh, but a lot of those things, like I said, those are standard on the Tesla 3 and Y. So uh, Polestar is going to charge you a lot extra, apparently, for them. Hmm. So to address the, the, you may not have noticed, but if you've tried to shop for a car lately, uh, inventory is getting lower and lower at the, in the dealer lots because there is a shortage of semiconductor chips. And if they don't have these little chips that go in every part of the car, I mean, it's not just one, there's, you know, dozen that show up in the car. Um, they're, they're, they're not making, you know, they're not making cars right now because a lot of them, a lot of factories are losing shifts or standing idle because they don't have the semiconductors. There's a reason for that. And we'll talk about it when we get back. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. 
Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about how the shortage of microchips is affecting output at just about every uh, manufacturer uh, on the planet these days. And I just got thing, something that came through my email that said Ford cuts F-150 output for two more weeks amid the chip shortage. Now, you have to remember that the F-150 is the number one selling uh, vehicle in the United States. It always is. They sell, you know, 900,000 or more of these a year. Uh, it is a big deal. It is the franchise for Ford. It's how they make money. Uh, and it's, you know, everybody's favorite pickup truck, I guess, or not everybody, but this certainly is very favorite uh, uh, in the U.S. Uh, market. So if they're cutting two weeks of output, that's a big deal, which means there's going to be shortages at the dealer. They're also cutting on uh, uh, production of their uh, transporter vans or the transit vans. Um, and that's just Ford. So what what's being done about it? And so to address the shortage of summer semiconductor chips, uh, which is, you know, really hurting a lot, the CEOs of the three, Detroit three, which at this point, I guess you just have to say is Ford, General Motors and Chrysler. I mean, because now if that Chrysler is no longer Fiat Chrysler, it's part of Chrysler is part of uh, Stellantis, which is the merged PSA FCA group. So I guess we'll just call it Chrysler for the time being. Um so uh, those three companies uh, met with – had a virtual meeting, of course, uh, this week with uh, major tech companies to ask the Biden administration uh, to help bolster chip production for automakers. Uh, but the administration has indicated privately to semiconductor industry leaders that it would not support special treatment uh, – for the auto industry. Uh, Bloomberg reported, uh, even as the auto industry uh, interest groups uh, used the run-up to the White, you know, White House meeting to press for you know, exactly that special treatment, Biden has said that the U.S. is aggressively investing in areas like semiconductors and batteries and that this is the uh, moment for you know, American strength and American unity for government industry and communities to work together, blah, 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 to make sure that – uh, that we're ready to meet the global comp- you know, competition that lies ahead. Uh, Biden has proposed $50 billion in his $2 trillion infrastructure bill to bolster the battery and semiconductor industry in the United States. So even if it's uh, a foreign-owned like a Samsung or something like that, they want to have what they call foundries, which make specialty chips. Um, you know, And these are you know, very, very sophisticated, uh, clean factories that uh, manufacture these chips. And they're, you know, they, they get ever more sophisticated all the time. But we want to make sure that I guess that it's not just coming from, you know, China or from someplace overseas, that we have at least our own, you know, city seeing as something like something as what seems as simple or mundane as these chips that are in everything from your cell phone to, you know, your car radio uh, to your oven, or microwave oven, everything, you know, th- it, that, you know, if we don't have them, then a lot of these things don't get manufactured, and which means that we lose jobs or we lose productivity in the United States. So it is kind of important to talk about these kinds of things and to make sure that, you know, it doesn't just, you know, migrate somewhere else. Okay, now GM is launching 
a new something called Maps Plus, which is a navigation application upgrading capabilities for select model year 2018 and newer Chevy, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac vehicles uh, by the end of 2021. On April April 30th, uh, Maps Plus using over-the-air updates, yay, will start to become available to 900,000 vehicles through GM's Connected Services Plan, uh, opening up the service to current owners of compatible vehicles without a navigation system. So uh, what they say in their their release, about 900,000 of our customers who do not have navigation uh, built into their vehicles right now, we are making that available to them through over-the-air updates. Um, that's what GM uh, marketing officer Deborah Wall told Reuters. And she went on to say, this is uh, really exciting because when was the last time you bought a vehicle and all of a sudden it has more functionality than when you purchased it? Uh, Tesla does that and has been doing it since 2012. Um, so Maps Plus comes with Alexa built-in voice control. Uh, which is probably better than Siri. Uh, drivers can use the system while listening to music or podcasts with the Maps uh, integrated uh, audio with integrated audio app. Okay, so Maps Plus will be offered as part of General Motors OnStar Connected Services, and the subscriptions to that start at only $14.99 a month. So I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it must talk to you and give you directions somewhere. Uh, and you guess, you know, you ask Alexa to navigate to a certain thing, and then it'll tell you how to get there. If you don't have a, you know, if it's not on your phone, and if it's not on, um, uh, a screen in your car, then that must be by audio. They don't really go into great detail, but that's what will be available. Uh, Ford has finally announced its autonomous driving system at name. It's going to be called Blue Cruise. So this is their hands-free system similar to GM Super Cruise, uh, but you really can't buy it. Ford will sell you a, a subscription costing $600 for three years. Wow. Uh, GM uh, Super Cruise is also what they call software as a service now. So uh, after what they were giving you when you had a Cadillac CT6, which was was the first one that had this uh, Super Cruise on it, it was free for the first two years. And then, surprise, it's $25 a month. So right now, Tesla's charges $10,000 for autopilot uh, if you were to buy the car outright. Uh, but what Tesla is going to do, and you know, we should hear about it soon, is that uh, it is going to uh, offer autopilot as a subscription, and it will make it a lot cheaper for whoever has the car. You know, like rather than <clears throat> plopping ten thousand dollars down when you buy the car, you pay. I don't know, pick a number, $100 a month or whatever it will be uh, to access autopilot. I don't know what it will be, but, you know, it will, you know, it's it's there. And so software as a service is what all the car companies are chasing right now. Volkswagen intends to do similar types of things. Uh, BMW has talked about doing it. You basically have apps that are downloaded and you pay for them either on a monthly subscription basis or like on an annual subscription basis. Um, although Tesla, you know, 
I just think it's, it's, it's it, this is where it's all going. I mean, it's all going to, you know, the, the, the car companies want a steady stream of revenue, not just that they sell the car once, whether it's to the, you know, you directly or to their franchise dealer, but they want money coming back to them directly. I don't know if the dealer gets a cut. They've never talked about the dealer getting a cut. So software as a service sounds like it's money going directly to each entity. Uh, you know, manufacturer as opposed to anybody else. And that's a great revenue stream for them to have. All right, when we get back, it's bring a trailer time with John McMullen. I can't wait to do it. We've got some great picks this month, I mean, this week. And uh, we'll be right back after the news at the top of the hour. <laughs> 